everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are so excited today to have a returning guest here. Uh, we are talking with Ben Rosenbaum today on the podcast. And Ben, thank you so much for coming back and talking with us. Thank you for having me back. Uh, I hope I have more things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. <laughs> we'll do well. We'll put a link in the description if people want to listen to our original podcast it was a lot of fun and so you can definitely check that out but yeah that was in july of 2019 so yes, an entire decade has passed <laughs> since then I think so. yeah so yeah you can believe so in that episode we talked about the uh the west side story coming out with steven spielberg oh that's and right now it's 2021 and we still haven't seen the movie. <laughs> My goodness. <Who> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So of everything as that has happened in that time, I do think that is the most important <laughs> and the thing that we should spend the most time talking about is I think, I think so. that has not been released. <laughs> Show us My the movie. Okay, you take my musicals away from me? What are you doing? I mean, yeah, who could have imagined that all Broadway would be closed down? That's Goodness. crazy. It really is heartbreaking. I mean, mm. what it's done to to live theater and live performances yeah. is really upsetting to see. You know, I've got yeah. friends in New York and around the country and in the U.S. who I know are just like, you know, they were about to embark on a friend of mine was about to be performing in the uh, San Francisco production of uh, Harry Potter. And he had like uprooted his whole life and moved to San Francisco and was planning on doing that run for years. And uh, then it was just gone. Yeah. And it, uh, it's, you know, everybody is, has yeah. their own story of how it's affected them. And, and yeah. um, that's just one that hit pretty close to home yeah. for me, given how how many people I know in, in the world of live theater and how hard they've been hit by it. Yeah, when I'm lucky because I have been vaccinated now and there is local theater here in Utah. So I'm gonna, I, I, my plan is as soon as it's okay, I am going to be going to as many things as I possibly can, supporting it as much as I possibly can. Cause it's, it's a huge loss. It's a big yeah. deal to me. I also, I just miss it as an audience member. I know, me too. Live theater. Me too. So aside from that, how was quarantine for you? What was your experience? Um, you know, <clears throat> I, I have it pretty good. Like it's, it was pretty easy for me. Uh, and I mean that both in the sense that like, <clears throat> I live a, a privileged life where I was, it was not uh, difficult for me to shelter in place and I had the resources to do that safely and, and be okay. So I'm very grateful and appreciative of that. But then also just on like, a, on a personal level, I do all right with just like alone time, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, to be, to be holed up and, uh, get to eschew some social engagements is uh, is not the worst to me. I, get, I, I don't mind that part of it. So um, yeah. I'm certainly after a year of that, uh, I'm, I'm ready to <laughs> ready to get back out in the world some more. But um, yeah, I can really, I can really hunker down just fine. 
and uh, watch some shows, play some video games, take some time to myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had it better than a lot of people because I was already working from home. So that part of the transition didn't impact me as much. Yeah. Uh, ahead of I've, yeah. I've been working from home, not just on the podcast, but my other work that I do. I have I've been working from home for over a decade. So I've been, I was blessed that way, but I definitely missed going to the, sc- the screenings as a film critic and mm-hmm. seeing my other fellow film critics and all of that stuff and, and getting to go to church. That was a big uh, miss uh, for me. Uh, and so I'm excited that things are, things are changing, but did you do any uh, quarantine baking or anything like that? <laughs> Um, sourdough the thing that uh that became my like my staple was making uh my mom's chili so a recipe that she used to make all the time a chicken or turkey chili recipe that I grew up just loving I would make that in like a giant pot and then I would just have bags of it frozen and that I'd be eating all the time (laughs) uh throughout my time lockdown so nothing like quirky and fun but that chili was really a staple do you do spicy chili you know i'm not a huge spice guy uh it's got a little kick to it but um i think the thing that makes chili unique in my experience is that I, i i grew up thinking this was normal but apparently it isn't i put my chili on a bed of rice yeah is that no I've done that before I like that all right yeah (laughs) and then of course plenty of cheese sprinkled on top Uh, either rice or cornbread I like too like oh cornbread cornbread. absolutely yeah that was one of my favorite meals to make in when I was in college is to make a big pot of chili oh yeah because it's like relatively healthy and it's like comforting and normally just tons of veggies and Mm. you know whatever protein you want to put in there yeah do you do beans or no beans? Beans, yeah. yeah. Got beans in there. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so you talked about watching stuff. Did you binge anything fun? Man, I think that is, is too long to to cover it all. But the one that I just finished was Shit's Creek. Uh-huh. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of your homework. It was especially fun. Say what? A lot of Hallmark uh, family in Schitt's Creek. Oh, so, yeah. You know, a lot well, of cameos that's, that's and they good. have a lot of roles. The joy of um, that that Canadian pool is that you get to see people pop up all over the place. So much stuff films up there. Yeah. But yeah, that was really wonderful. And yeah. getting to see Kevin McGarry mm-hmm. show up as Citrus, the cult leader, was <laughs> especially fun. Yeah. Yeah, I have not gotten through it all, uh, but I watched some and I really enjoyed it. It was very funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it's a very funny premise and like wonderful performances, great characters, good acting the whole time and the writing's very mm. clever. But I, I found that, um, you know, from season two onward, it just keeps getting, they really like find a groove and some heart like they really they get into mm-hmm. a place where you start to feel deeply for these characters who initially you know are so removed from normal life that it's hard to relate or kind of like connect with them 
and then you see what makes them human and they become mm -hmm. so relatable. And uh, by the end of the show, man, I was really sad to see them go. I mean, I'm sad yeah. that they're here now. I know, I wish they could have gotten longer, but I guess at least in that case, they went out on their own terms kind of when yes. they wanted to go. Because uh, if you like Schitt's Creek, you should check out Kim's Convenience, which is oh, okay. done by CBC. And it is so good. I absolutely adore it. It's such a funny show. It's such a heartwarming show. It's made by a, a lot of the same like people involved, producers and things like that. So I bet you'd like it. And cool. but it, we're just all really sad because this week, the as of recording, is the series finale. Oh, and, oh. yeah. So you're going through it right now. What I'm describing, you're you're, <laughs> you're living it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I have to check that out. It's so good, and it's on Netflix. Uh, so if you have Netflix, it's, yeah, absolutely, it's so good. I loved it. I, uh, I really respect the show. Sorry, there's an airplane going overhead, or actually probably a helicopter. That's okay. um, I really respect when shows can make that choice to go out on their own terms. They just mm -hmm. decide like the story is is reached the point where it should be done. Yeah. But, um, Man, thinking about it, if I was an actor on that show, I, it would be very difficult to say goodbye to that. Yeah. I don't I mean, know that I would have it in me to make that call just to yeah. end it. I mean, Catherine Hare is just the best. Oh, she, I mean, I've loved her ever since Home Alone. Honestly, generational talent. Yeah. She's so, she's, her, her comedic chops and what she brings to the table as a, as a performer are just incredible. She's like a a deus ex machina you can just yeah. kind of like put her in and she'll make everything better have you ever seen any of the christopher guest movies like best in show yeah yeah or, uh yeah or <laughs> i love her in those movies she is hilarious True. and <laughs> the uh um a mighty wind uh, <laughs> all those are so funny i love especially best in show is my favorite i think it is so funny <laughs> Eugene Levy's hilarious in that one as well. <laughs> oh yeah, that whole yeah. team is, is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot. I feel like the like binge watching kind of saved 2020. I think. Yeah, because I'm normally a movie person, not a television person as much. Uh, but uh, there were just there was just something so great about binge watching stuff together as a. Uh, as a kind of a collective group, you know, we'd all watching Bridgerton together or all watching, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Uh, that same, that same idea, like I, I miss movies and I was like, there are also tons of movies available to stream, but I, I find myself mm -hmm. more and more gravitating towards series that I can binge and I wonder if that has to do with like the loss of community that we're experiencing in general, mm -hmm. that like a series allows you to kind of join the community of that show, you know, get to know those characters and then spend time with them. Yeah. Uh, and there's a comfort in that, mm -hmm. I think. Because yeah, I, I think find that, like there's, I mean, even on HBO Max now, they've got all these movies that are being released, like, you know, what would normally be theatrical releases. Right. Are now being released direct to streaming and i i told i was like excited about that and i told myself like all right gonna have these great movies to watch and i haven't watched a single one of them 
I think I'm just like, I, I want the familiarity of, of going yeah. back to a series. I mean, that's definitely, I felt that with WandaVision because, oh, yeah. you know, you'd missed all the time. And I mean, I love the MCU and we missed all this time with our favorite characters. And so getting back in something so creative and everybody just talking about what's going to happen and what's yeah, going yeah. on, it was so fun. I'm not, uh, I haven't actually finished that one. I, I'm, oh, which the next episode is going to be, I think it's Halloween and they're like dressing oh, up. Oh, that's a good one. So I haven't seen that one. Yeah. So if we can avoid spoilers no, at that point, I would appreciate it. But okay. I, uh, I found, I was getting really kind of like preemptively sad while I was watching it because like, I love having vision back and the idea that he isn't really is tough right. to swallow. I don't know where it's going to go. So I, you know, I don't know what happens, but. Lips sealed, okay. but it was I'm a great on dangerous ground right now. I should not even bring it up. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch any of the Oscar nominees? You know, normally I make it a point each year to to watch as many of the Oscar nominees as I can. Um, I feel like we talked about it last time. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm normally very good about that, especially because my family does an annual Oscar pool and I I take it pretty seriously. I want to win that thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like I said, this year, I just haven't really been watching movies. Um, so I guess the short answer is no. I, I have not really been keeping up well, with it. They, I mean, cause especially considering that like theaters were closed, it's actually a pretty good little group, I think, of the Best Picture nominees. The only one that I didn't give fresh to as a critic was um, Mank, but it's like fine. I just didn't love it. It was kind of boring to me. Um, but, and I just thought the character was very bland, but it's still, I wouldn't say like, don't see it because it is interesting if you're a, cinema buff to learn about yeah. make, to learn about Citizen Kane and, and the whole thing but um that's all uh, other than that I liked all of the nominees so pretty Very good cool. yeah mm -hmm. they, they look good I mean uh, uh, to be honest I I couldn't even tell you what the list of nominees is mm -hmm. like I have I've paid that little attention to it but I yeah. I should I'm sure I recommend checking out the the well Minari's my favorite and then I recommend checking. It's so good. And then I recommend checking out The Father. It's really okay. good. Anthony Hopkins, incredible. Olivia Coleman, it's really good. Is it going to make me sad? A little bit, but not super sad. It's I mean, it's about this man with Alzheimer's, and it's told from his perspective. So, like it, at times, the the actors will actually change. So it's not Olivia Coleman anymore because he's so confused. Oh. And it is is very good, very creative. That is, yeah, that's really clever. Mm -hmm. I, I find that to be so um, inspiring when film finds a way to express a unique perspective in a way that helps other people understand it. Did I articulate that? Yeah, no, I okay. agree. And even like there'll be subtle changes to the apartment that they're in and it'll be like his old apartment, oh, even brilliant. though he's not really there. I mean, it's very, very clever. You should okay. check it out. I'm going to have to do that. I I struggle to watch. I, I, I struggle to commit to sit down and watch a movie that I expect will make me sad. And I, yeah. I know like that 
the whole point of film and stories and is to affect you is to mm -hmm. you know cause that emotional reaction and that's when it's really successful um, yeah but I don't I if I know it's going to make me sad I struggle to sit down and watch it yeah it's not like 12 years a slave sad it's not like I mean I because I'm with you on when you're talking about holocaust movies or things like that that the I mean it's important and very good to watch but yeah it's sometimes that I feel like that's it's like even more important that I do sit down and watch right it, yeah like yeah. absorb that story mm -hmm. um, but uh oh, I just don't want to feel bad yeah I get it I get what you're saying well luckily we have Hallmark and they crushed it this last in 2020 I mean unbelievable that they just went on unabated still had 40 movies at Christmas like wow yeah, I, I still incredible. can't believe that they pulled that off, but <laughs> they did. <laughs> and uh, you were in a recent, as you had a little cameo, I guess you might say, right. in a recent, in Aaron's recent movie, uh, it was always you. You got to be one of her dentist patients. Yes. And was that fun to do? Super fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fun for multiple reasons one i love getting to work with aaron she's yeah. a, a terrific actor and very generous on set and like a wonderful leader you know she she inhabits these roles on set where she is people look to her to to be an example and she leads and and takes on that responsibility beautifully so it's she she makes for a fun set to be on um, so I always enjoy that. Uh, but I also love just getting to experience Vancouver Island because that mm -hmm. was the first time I'd really been on the island for any extended period. The first, the first trip I went to um, Victoria or the first trip I took to Victoria, it was like super rainy, overcast, kind of gross. I spent the entire time just like running from store awning to store awning to stay out of the rain and I didn't really get to experience the beauty of the island. So um, yeah, going over for the, the shoot, I took a couple weeks to be over on, on Vancouver Island and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I can't wait to get back. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I'd love to get up there to Vancouver uh, one of these days. I, I, I've talked to so many people about it and I've seen so many movies shot there, I need to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Vancouver is, has been so many different cities and so many movies, it's, uh, it's worth going to see yeah. just to recognize all I mean once you spend some time in Vancouver you'll start to recognize landmarks in all these different movies mm -hmm. when it's supposed to be New York or Seattle or these other places right and you're like no nope. Chicago oh, that's Vancouver that's the Arby's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. 
It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Well, let's talk about When Calls the Heart. I know that's the big, everybody's been waiting. Uh, And so how do you feel about season eight and particularly Hickam's character in season eight? I feel great about season eight. Um, It was, I I don't know if I was just, uh, the, the process of filming it, I don't know if I was just taking it less for granted during, you know, given how how much effort was put in by the whole crew and the production team to um, make it happen amidst a pandemic. But uh, it was really remarkable. Everybody pulled together and it was, um, it, it felt like a gift to be there on set every day I was there. So I loved the experience of making it. And it what made it even better was our, our new showrunner, John Tinker, um, I thought he was just pulling these different threads in a way that was like still very much our show, but diving a little deeper and um, honestly playing around with some darker feelings at times and Mm -hmm. relationships aren't always perfect. And and he was willing to explore that with some of our, you know, well-established couples. Um, And got some new pairings between characters and it was just uh, it's really dynamic uh, I think this the whole season you know you'll notice um, in season eight there's like a lot of a lot of scenes where characters are walking down main street and then it will sort of seamlessly hand off to a conversation between a couple that's passing them instead of just um, jumping from location to location I think he found a way of kind of weaving everybody together really beautifully and it was one of the first times, uh, and this is no negative comment on previous seasons, but it was one of the first times for me that the the reality of the small town really felt alive, where it's like every day you'd be walking around town and you'd see all the people you know. And um, just the way that he kind of directed the writing of it and the way that it was shot really brought that to life for me. Well, and you had to shoot way more outside than you ever had before. That's true. I think that was an element as well. Um, and the fact that we couldn't, you know, in a in previous seasons, we would have a lot of large whole town group scenes and we couldn't rely on those as much. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe that's where some of that dynamism came mm-hmm. from. Yeah. And then yeah, for- I have noticed that too with, I, I mean, I'm guessing it's the, uh, influence of John Tinker, uh, particularly with a little bit more of a faith-based element this season than we've ever had before. I mean, they haven't even had a preacher, a pastor for a long time in yeah, Hope Valley. Valley. Scare them off. <laughs> for some reason, they're, they're welcome, but uh, yeah, they don't tend to stay. And uh, so this season with the addition of Viv and, and we, as, as of recording this, we're only through episode eight. So, uh, but, um, but his character, I think has brought a different dynamic than we've typically seen. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, it's funny because I read all the scripts throughout the, the filming of the whole season but 
you don't really get a uh, you don't really get to know it until well like my experience I guess is just that I I don't see how these scenes really play until I see them on on screen so when mm -hmm. I'm live tweeting that's the first time I'm seeing uh, the show and mm -hmm. other characters storylines and um, so getting to see like I, I, I was never on um, uh, the 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 Canfield house set, but every time we've been there on the show, and I've been watching it just as a viewer, right? So peaceful and inviting, and I feel like um, that's in large part thanks to uh, Viv and and his kids and the the whole Canfield family, but like particularly Joseph's character, I feel like is so grounded and so such a calming presence it's really inviting so every time yeah. he's on screen i just feel a little more at peace and i think mm -hmm. that's maybe that dynamic you're talking about mm -hmm. um yeah and uh yeah i think that's a really welcome really welcome uh shift to the show yeah did you have to quarantine when you went up before the like 14 days before yeah 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 absolutely. um so that was, <clears throat> that wasn't a huge, um, it, that was not like a big inconvenience for me. Uh, I thought, I mean, I was, first of all, very happy that uh, they were taking it so seriously because that was sure. in line with my own desires and how, how I wanted to approach it because everybody wanted to handle it safely. Um, and on top of that, I was already basically just doing that myself in LA, locked down. So to be quarantining up in Canada, honestly, it was, it was even a little easier because the production was so supportive. I mean, they, they made sure I had everything I needed in terms of uh, groceries and other supplies. It was like, it, it was yeah, it was a pretty cushy quarantine. Nothing, yeah. nothing to complain about, <laughs> for sure. You cannot leave your hotel room they for two for the, all 14 days at all yeah correct you yeah. you you have to be once you arrive in the location where you're going to be staying you're you're there you can't mm. leave it on that's got to be crazy yeah yeah um, so so with hickam this season i've noticed a little bit of flirting between you and fiona uh -huh. hickam and fiona is that real or am i am i reading things into things well i think that ambiguity is sort of baked into it i think that you're meant to um you know it takes it takes two people to create that kind of dynamic and 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 that tension and um it's not always the case that both people are on the same page and maybe they are maybe they aren't maybe there's some misreading of signals or or whatever mm -hmm. so um I mean, certainly, uh, certainly Hickam has expressed his uh, his feelings of liking Fiona. Um, and if you had seen, you know, there, one of the things about the size of the cast on our show and the number of stories we're trying to tell is that there are scenes that end up getting cut for time. Oh man! Um, and there have been a couple of scenes between Hickam and Fiona that didn't make it into the final airing of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel comfortable sharing this because I got 
uh, the cast got an email from John expressing that he was sorry that some scenes had to get cut and he was hoping that Hallmark might be able to release them in some form. So they're not meant to be like secret or locked in a vault. Right. So I feel like I can tell you in the first episode, uh, we shot a scene where Fiona asked Hickam to dinner. So, oh. uh, and again, there's some ambiguity about what her intentions are and what he takes from that and where that leads them. Um, but all that is to say is that that is a that is a dynamic at play for sure. Yeah, I'm that's, excited that's about it. Long answer. <laughs> yeah, but that must be fun working with Kayla. She's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. she's a super super talented actor and. Um, just like a, a like a really lovely person, just like an incredibly nice mm -hmm. person. Um, so very easy to spend time with on set. She's really funny too. So yeah. we laugh a lot. We really enjoyed having her on the podcast. She's a lot of fun. So you had this scene where your ear gets cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. That must have been fun. It was fun. Um, that was one of the... That, I think that was one of the first scenes I shot this season. So, um, you know, got to shake off the rust and, and really dive right in, in terms of like going for it in the, in the scene work. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And I find that, you know, Hickam, he gets uh, put in situations that are a little more extreme than a lot of the other characters in a fun way. And mm -hmm. um, it allows me to, play some notes that not everybody gets to play. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm grateful to fill that role on the show. Yeah, it's nice comic relief. Yeah. <clears throat> and Absolutely. also when you're bribing Clara. Oh yeah. Get your haircut, that was funny. Yeah, both of those um, both of those episodes were with Mike Roll. And he, I think has a great sense of comedy and comedic timing. And he really encouraged me to lean into it and go mm -hmm. for, go for Go for it within the you know within the bounds of what Hickam might might do, and that scene mm -hmm. in particular the was so fun to get to play because I've never really never really had the opportunity to play Hickam as a very confident character before. Um, so to dip a toe into those waters and then to have it fail so miserably <laughs> <laughs> was really I thought really wonderful. And another yeah. example of how uh, John and the writing team were trying to shake things up a bit this season. And I mean, I, I, I was with, I was with Hickam because she's not cutting anyone's hair. It's not like there's lots of ladies there. So why doesn't she just cut your hair? Well, you know, that was another, <clears throat> that's another good example of, uh, of a story where some scenes had gotten cut because I believe there were two, maybe three short scenes where Hickam had approached Clara trying to get his hair cut and showing up on the wrong day or he shows up on the right day but Molly's in the chair and she's covering her head because Bill had just been there oh yeah shoot away so you know there was there was um some build-up in that storyline uh that I think had to be cut again you know just not enough time to tell all the stories fully um but those those were all really fun scenes to play. They were really fun comedic bits. And the buildup of being told, no, it's a woman's day. Yes, it's a man's day, but you got to come back later. You know, there are a number of different ways it played out. Yeah. But so, another person who's really like, we had a whole yeah. day, essentially. She 
had an entire day where every scene was just her with different people in the barbershop. And um, that can be exhausting to, to be the person who's got to be on all day long. And she handled it like a champ um, and was just like a delight to work with. Um, yeah. I don't do a lot of scenes with Clara, but I hope to in the future. She's, uh, I really like working with Eva. Yeah, we really enjoy her on the show. And it's a, it's been a good dynamic between her and Jesse this season. Uh, as you, it's like you were saying, allowing characters to kind of go through some hard, you know, hard times. And that's definitely been a good thing with, with the two of them exactly. having some marital conflict. And, and you like to see that in you, cause you don't want, you don't want perfect characters to do everything perfectly all the time. No, you so. know, we want to play flawed human beings yeah. and get to see how they handle it. And I thought, you know, there was that one scene where, and this was like the kind of scene that I don't think I've ever seen on One Calls the Heart before, where they um, were, it was a shot where it was both of them in the frame and they were arguing over each other, uh, kind of back and forth. This is in the cafe, you know, beneath where they live. And, you know, you, it was impossible to understand which each of them were saying very clearly because they were talking over each other and it felt very real and raw and um man i thought they played it beautifully yeah i, I think did they too. really kind of they both were given this opportunity to reach a little deeper into these characters and i think they both really they went for it and, mm -hmm. and ended in a good place yeah yeah i agree so you also have kind of the flip side of this sort of silly or funny part of Hickam you also have the more serious side when you're with Gowan mm -hmm. and and I think that's an interesting dynamic the two of you two characters uh with the the oil business and things not going right and the whole explosion and mm -hmm. other things happening and so what's that like working with Martin in those scenes and those role the those roles um, terrific. Martin is a, you know, true professional has been doing it a long time. He's logged many, many, many hours of television, um, and movies, of course, just on camera time. And he's written and directed his own film. I think, he, I mean, he's just a, a hyper talented guy who knows what he's doing. I mean, he really gets it. So to get to watch him work is a real gift for me. Um, just to kind of learn from his experience and his example. And he's also, you know, he's so relaxed uh, on set and very funny. Um, and he and I, you know, I think he realizing that we would be working together so much, uh, he, I feel like he kind of took me under his wing last season. Um, <clears throat> and then that has only, you know, our friendship has only grown since then. But he and I started going to, I mean, that, that makes it sound like a mutual decision. He basically made me start going to jujitsu with him. Early. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I got really into it with him. He and I would go roll in the mornings and then we'd be on set together later in the day. And it felt really good. It was much earlier than I would like to be up normally. Um, you know, it would be like before sunrise and we'd be in yeah. the gym at the uh, rolling jujitsu together. Um, and of course, this year we couldn't do any of that because of COVID reasons. Um, but uh, it was—it's been really wonderful getting to know Martin. He's a—he's just a lovely, lovely 
person and very generous. Um, and so working with him is terrific as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I enjoy those scenes quite a bit. Yeah, it's been an interesting season because uh, the in the uh, the dynamic between Lucas and Gallen, uh, mm -hmm. and then also him and his son, and uh, I'm sure oh, by the time this releases scenes this season, yeah. uh, Martin's work and uh, James Drudeen, who you know is brand new to the cast this year, uh, he's also a very fun guy. Um, like actually, that was a bit of a an inadvertent pun because he's really into mushrooms uh like he'll like literally on in the forests of vancouver island he'll go uh and like hunt down and like pick fresh mushrooms and he was like delivering them to people on set it was really like really nice a very unique uh as long as they're not poisonous interest. that'd be my only worry <laughs> oh no he's he's like he knows how to identify them I and mean, yeah. he's really seems like he's very good at it um that's funny. Anyways, so he's a, a fun guy. <clears throat> yeah, cool. But uh, the work that Martin has done in those scenes, I think, is next level. Just really mm -hmm. wonderful, wonderful yeah. to watch. Well, very good. We're excited to see how it all plays out in the rest of the season. Yeah. And uh, then going forward, I think it's going to be fun. So, all right. Well, we like to end our interviews with some silly questions. And you've already done the regular silly questions. So we have the holiday themed silly questions for you. Very so fun. Let's do it. And to put on your Santa hat, get in the, the, the holidays. Mm -hmm. okay. First question, what is your favorite holiday drink? Favorite holiday drink. Um, my brother and I make a, a eggnog from scratch, mm -hmm. and it is boozy and it is delicious. And uh, you can yeah. only have a little bit of it because it's so rich. But that's that's a really fun holiday drink. There we go. What is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Mm. Yeah, my mom's sugar cookies. Got to be the you know classic. classic. Yeah. yeah. Very good. All right. What is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Carol of the Bells. Oh, good one. Yeah, okay. One. Puts me puts me in the holiday spirit for sure. What's your favorite classic Christmas movie? White Christmas. Grew up mm -hmm. watching that with uh, with my mom while we wrapped presents. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that. Little Irving Berlin. Oh, oh yeah. You said classic. At this point, it's no, not I mean, a classic. White Love Christmas is also a great oh, one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, I, I always say anything that's in my lifetime can't count as a classic, but for the sake of this interview, it counts. All right. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Mm. Tree or going caroling or. Well, you know, it's, um, I feel like it's, it's, developed and changed over the years because I, I spend the holidays in Minneapolis with my family, mm -hmm. um, but I'm not there for the setup the way I used to right. be. like it. Yeah, going and That's getting true. the tree and trimming the tree and all that probably used to be sort of like one of those favorites, but now I, I kind of show up and it's all ready to go for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd say like Christmas Eve mass uh is is nice we go to a, a church that's uh really lovely and inclusive and fun and the the carols and the, there's so much singing and it feels very community-based which is lovely that's great that's great so which do you prefer scrooge or the grinch 
Scrooge. Okay, good. Clear lights are colored. Oh man, that should be easy and it's so hard actually. I'm gonna say clear. Okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Snowball fight. Okay. All right, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Things yeah. line up perfectly uh, and uh, I measure everything, not like with a ruler, but you know, along the yeah. box, crisp lines, well-folded. Taped in the right places. I uh, I take it seriously. All right. If you ever send me a Christmas gift, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be waiting. Ready. Yeah, the wrapping is the real gift. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? You know, I don't. I've tr I've like I've wanted it. I, I just haven't found the right one. I think mm -hmm. I'm, I'm waiting to meet the right ugly yeah. Christmas sweater. Well, you should. I mean, next time you go to Minneapolis you should be able to find a really good one up there. Probably not in, in LA. You're not gonna be able to find a good one in LA. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you travel. Yeah, I should get the Vikings, a Vikings themed Christmas sweater. Yes, <laughs> that'd be good. Very good, you passed the test. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, oh good. You can stay on, on what calls the heart. Not that we have any authority on that. So, but this has been so much fun. I always like sort of the second interview because it's just a little more relaxed. You've gone through all the basic questions. And right, so it's right, just right. sort of fun and we're just chatting. So I really enjoyed I enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming and well, talking with us. Back. Yeah. So uh, if, if you have social media that you'd like to share? You know, uh, I, I will share, first of all, I, I don't do a ton of social media. Um, uh, I don't consume a ton of social media. However, with that um, annoying caveat out of the way, um, I'm on Twitter. Pretty sure that one is Ben Rose with the E's or threes. And then uh, Instagram is just uh, Ben underscore Rosenbaum. We'll have that in the description section. People should definitely follow you. And I know you like to do the live tweeting. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. The live tweeting is definitely where where I spend my like social media time. That's mm -hmm. that's the time to connect with fans, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And make sure y'all are following the podcast, the Homeworkies Pod, the Homeworkies Podcast, all over social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store, which has tons of Hallmark inspired merch, including Team Hickam shirts, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. So check that out. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that those exist, but I think yeah. it's, uh, it warms my heart. I know. Yeah, it's so fun. So check that out. And thanks so much, Ben. This was great. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you. <laughs>